This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It just resonated with what Olivia just said, Maybach on the building here. Mm-hmm. She said, yeah, posting on social media, that's a relationship killer. That's like when you get a tattoo of your partner. What? How many names do you have crossed out what? on your arm? Settle, settle. I don't have any tattoos. I don't post like pictures. Oh, here's what he got me for my birthday. Because because he doesn't he exist. <laughs> eight years, eight years. It's been you, magical. I don't want to rock the boat. He left before Valentine's Day, dude. Well, do Who do does do. that? There's no, he may have to work on uh, Tuesday. Nothing wrong with that. You handle, you go handle business before Valentine's Day. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I, I like that you put it that way. Handle business before Valentine's Day. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> what did y'all do? I appreciate that. What did y'all, y'all do? <laughs> handle business. Get the Robitussin. <laughs> That's what Brown would say. <laughs> I won't be sending a link to this episode to my family. Um, they're watching yeah, live. Well, what you mean? Yeah. <laughs> look, I will say this though. Also, you, I, I, I kind of uh, look crazy at the tattoo comment. Get a tattoo. It's not. It's not like what we thought about growing up. Like if you get a tattoo of somebody on on your body, cover that up. It's easy. It's no big deal. This is a, this is a good for the culture reference. Gwitty Cube says Olivia's boyfriend is like Tommy's job. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that, and I ignored it. Um. <laughs> For those that get it, you get it. Like, that's funny. The only one that's kind of hard to cover up is, like, when Kenya Martin got uh, Trina's lips tattooed on his neck. That was kind of tough. He covered it up, though. He found a way to do it. Well. See? He had to cover it up. If it's never there, the relationship would still be going strong. It's the tattoo, I'm telling you. Hmm. Tattoos and social media pics is Kenny posted like 40 pics of him and Jazz yesterday on the story. And <laughs> guess me, look, me and Jazz, we, over. we got we got matching tattoos too. No names, but we got matching Ooh. tattoos. Somewhere on body. Good luck to the Caraway family. I'm wishing you the best. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh 
there's a bunch of stories that Olivia's wanted to talk about that she hasn't forgotten about that we're going to dive into. And there's one that I'm going to tiptoe around very, very carefully, but I'm very, very curious on your guys' opinion on it. Because, mm. oh, I see you wrote something in about DeMar Hamlin. Mm. And I'm, I want you to say everything you want to say about DeMar Hamlin. I just want to ask you both, did you see the DeMar Hamlin controversy mm-hmm. from the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. Yep. Would anyone like to share their thoughts on that? Sure. I'm happy to share. Yeah, okay, ahead, ahead. you can go first. I'm happy to overtalk. So <laughs> I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. Um, and my faith is pretty grounded. It's pretty rooted. I take it with me. I wake up with it. I go to bed with it. There's literally nothing really that anyone could do or say. So hit the pause button right there because that's a bad job by me, assuming everybody else had seen it. Mm. Let I, me I just... Was- let yeah. me just lay the, the, the groundwork for everybody. DeMar Hamlin wore a jacket that had like a, I don't, a, a distorted, uh, yeah. uh, it, it, it had the, the, the cross on the back and, but the, the image of Jesus was not what many Christians preferred. Hmm. And I believe it hit the news wires, so to speak. Because Adrian Peterson decided he uh, wanted to play the morality clause. Age, who did? Yes. <laughs> that, that guy. Adrian, that Adrian Peterson. Peterson. Mm. Now, if Adrian Peterson wants to talk about recovering from an ACL injury, if he want to talk about, you know, breaking off for 25 yards, 30 yards, if Adrian wants to talk about how to eat right and to train, brother, I'm listening. When it comes to morality issues, bro, please keep your mouth shut. Mm. You've lost that privilege. Now, I saw a lot of other tweets that weren't from Adrian Peterson. They were from a number of other people. I have my feelings on it. I'm going to reserve those thoughts. Okay, now that everybody knows the full context of the story, please go ahead. I'm sorry. I I appreciate you breaking that down. Um, But as I was saying. Oh, no. (laughs) Literally the worst possible time. Just very literally the worst possible time to freeze. (laughs) Right. As I was saying, long, (laughs) dramatic pause. And now she's back, as you were saying. Oh, man. Um, My faith is not shaken by anyone's depiction of the crucifixion, of Christ, of our values and beliefs. If your faith is that weak, I encourage people to do a deep dive, some internal investigation about whether or not they're... When you say a lot of Christians were offended by it, they were Twitter Christians, I imagine. We were looking for an opportunity to to jump on something. And those are the kind of people that you should be afraid of. Because again, one, I don't know where their faith is rooted in if it's that fragile. Mm -hmm. But also, thinking about Adrian Peterson, he's... You know, he's been through some drama, some scary allegations, things that he was punished for, rightfully so. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean he can't evolve as a person. I would have encouraged him to DM Damar. This is your opportunity to send a private message saying, hey, I found that offensive. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about it. What were you trying to convey as opposed to putting it out there publicly? But um, I think Damar handled it well. I didn't mean it that way. These were just symbols to me. But, you know, all of us own our own faith or lack thereof. That's Be right. responsible for how you move in the world and stop trying to call other people out on it. Mm-hmm. No one knows your heart. We know your actions. And that's what we judge people by. The, uh, the other stuff, the man above, if he exists for you or for somebody, then fine. 
but I just it's another just way for again Twitter Christians to try to create controversy, especially with folks in the NFL, young black men that have been doing their best to be good human beings, to being good uh, athletes, to being professionals, to doing things, giving back to their community. Demar Hamlin is an incredible individual. We learned so much more about him because of that incredible injury he suffered and is recovering from. Mm. But those people who are looking for an opportunity to kind of divide, this was their opportunity with that jacket that was. I mean, it wasn't even super cute or anything. It's clearly just something he kind of threw on. Jesus exactly. looked whipped and rusty. But, yeah, life is bigger than that. Well, Jesus might be exhausted, so give him a break. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, he's got he's got a lot to worry about. Leave the man alone. He rose. He he's good. He's yeah, up there now. He's good. And his delivery, good, Joe Rowe, earlier, I'm pretty sure Jesus doesn't care what's on your jacket. <laughs> he doesn't. I'm quite sure about it. Just like I don't think he cares who wins a football game. Yo, God, yeah, God was looking out for us here. And God, it's, no, he, he we didn't learn our lesson from Charles Barkley when he <laughs> said God wanted us to win the world championship, <laughs> and they lost the next two games. <laughs> what do you uh, think, Kenny? I um, much just like you. I'm a Christian. I, I have my faith as well. It didn't. It didn't bother me. I will say one thing. I know a lot of people um, were critical of it, and, and you guys said it was like Twitter Christians. I I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't simplify it to just that. I think there are like real questions like our parents, our grandparents who would not like that jacket. Like they would, they would not like it. Um, But they, they come from a different time. They come from a different time in the church. They come from a a different time in life. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure they, they would have had a problem with it. And they're not on Twitter, but, but not liking it, not liking it is different well, than tweeting about blasphemy. They would look they would are- call it blasphemous though. They absolutely would. I, I got You're aunts I got aunts that probably they're not on Twitter and if they saw it, they would not like it. They would call it blasphemous. I'm pretty sure about that. That's just the way some people are brought up in the church and their interpretation of of some of the scriptures. Me personally, like I said, I, I didn't I didn't think twice about the jacket it didn't it didn't resonate with me it didn't make me feel any type of way i'm much like you olivia uh the the relationship that i have and, and and my belief isn't shaken by a jacket and i'm not um arrogant enough to see him in a jacket and and think that he doesn't have a, a solid um, relationship and, and faith and things of that nature so i didn't i didn't i didn't think nothing of it you know, I'm much more offended by folks who are um, upset about the Black National Anthem or, no. um, you know, those kind of th- those kind of Christians who are like, I want a real America and Jesus would like this. We all should have a gun. And yes, I'm using a Southern accent because that's what we hear a lot from, especially from elected representatives. Those are the things that I found more I find more offensive than a jacket. But yeah, like you said, Casey, it's, it's an individual thing. Right. So if some people take it a certain way, they can take it that way. Right, right. And, that, uh, and that's if your what... faith is shaken by that, I, again, I say that you might need to do some, some research, a deep dive into your own heart. And, and, and I will say this for, for those even outside of Twitter, like I said, just, you know, people that I know that are in the church who, who find that blasphemous and, and you know, found that offensive to to Christ I'm not here to talk bad about you like because I that's that's how you feel about that you know what I mean and that's 
I, I, I understand it. While I may not feel the same way as you, I do understand that, and I understand where they're coming from, and, and I respect that opinion. So I, I don't – I get it. I, I, I grew I, – I went to a, um, a, a private Lutheran school for eight years of my life, and, and religion was a class there, right? Like we had to study the Bible um, for the first eight years I was in, in school. So I'm familiar with, you know, the scriptures and, and the things that are said and, and, and people who are offended by that going to the scriptures like this is why that's offensive. This is why this is blasphemous. And I understand it. Like I get it. I I, I don't feel the same way as those who are offended by it, but I, I've seen the scriptures and I, I understand where people are coming from if they do feel that way. We'll add that to the list of reasons why Kenny is a better person than I am. I'm not a better person. Because I, <laughs> I'm mad at those folks. I'm like, please. <laughs> I get it. I mean, I get it intellectually, but um, there's a lot more we could be worried about than a jacket. Agreed. Uh, it's from the St. Michael brand, the designer uh, Takashi Murakami uh, collaborated with Travis Scott for that jacket. And when mm. I first saw it, I kept looking at it like it looks like a Basquiat painting. And if you ever look at the old Basquiat artwork, it's distorted figures to create shapes and people. And like, that's exactly what the depiction looked like. Uh, you can own the same jacket that DeMar Hamlin had uh, over the weekend for $3,125. Do you? Do you, boo? Um, I actually like the jacket. but I think it looks dope. I will also say this, though. I, I wouldn't have made that jacket. I will say that I wouldn't have. Made yeah, I got you. Like I, I, I wouldn't have made that jacket. But I look at it. I look at the the fashion of it all. I think mm -hmm. the jacket is dope. Like it looks mm -hmm. dope. The but, color, yeah, yeah, and 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 everything about. I just I wouldn't have made the jacket. Yeah, and uh, I probably wouldn't have worn it. That's yeah, that's. Didn't. I wouldn't yeah. have worn it. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I'm 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 with you. Oh, it's it's not me. It wouldn't have worked for me. Uh, but I like the idea behind it. Um, I do have, like, I do kind of, I was thinking about DeMar over the weekend and I, it like, it, it's cool. Like he was posing pictures with, you know, LeBron and all of those different things. And I, and part of me was like excited for him, but part of me is also like, God, this kid just wanted to be a football player. And now all of a sudden he's the face of, I'm not exactly sure what he's the face of, but he's the face of something like he's the face of like conspiracies. Yeah. He's the face of, of, of of you know safety in the nfl and two months ago brother just wanted to play football yeah. uh and now or more than two months ago at this point he just wanted to play football but now he's got all of this other stuff thrust inside of him and now like the the mere sight of him like almost causes people to weep just like seeing him because we all watched that uh unfold on that monday night mm -hmm. i'm nervous about when all of the conversations when all of the the back padding and all of the the hype dies down and he still has to heal. He still has to wrap his mind around whether or not he wants to put his mind and his body at risk and continue to play this game when nothing in terms of what the NFL has done has changed the fact that a lot of players suffer long-term illnesses, cognitive disabilities when they leave the game. Uh, who's I mean we are we all have this wonderful story of him surviving but when all that praise dies down and we move forward what has really changed to better position these athletes and how is Demar going to handle all that emotionally mm -hmm. that's what I'm thinking about too because I'm always so optimistic <laughs> yeah I, it's 
it's uh, everything to me um, about the situation is unfortunate, except for the fact that, you know, he's he's here today. But everything yeah. that comes with it, him having to go through that and the aftermath of it, uh, I, I agree with you. It's a, it's a lot on his plate, guys, that he's he, he didn't ask for, you know, and I I don't know. I don't want to speak for him, but I feel like, you know, he'd rather just get better and see if he can play, like, in his own world without every time he steps out or steps in front of a camera or some, it's got to be um, this, this, this big controversy. Like it is a controversy. Like I see the, the crazy things that are said every time he steps out or does an interview or answers a question or what it means. And it's just a lot of craziness. And, and I know he didn't ask for any of this, man. He's just trying to play football, provide for his family and, you know, live out his dream. Sucks. Oh, we've we've been talking about the Kings so much uh, the last few months, and, and and rightfully so. Are there other stories that we've had to put on the back burner that you want to make sure we touch on while we got some time? You know, we talked about this months ago, if not a year ago, about NCAA athletes, these student athletes not getting compensated for mm-hmm. playing and making millions and billions of dollars for their teams, for their schools, for these networks and ad agencies. And I feel like the NIL conversation just kind of made it die down. We started celebrating the fact that they could just take on another job on top of being a student, on top of being an athlete and all the workouts, all the, the practices you have to go to, all the things you have to study, film study, work, you have to do all that, go to school, and you can also shoot a commercial for your local car wash. Yay, we solved the problem. Hmm. No. The NCAA is still making all of this money, keeping all of it and distracting us by the fact that we haven't stood up for them and continue that conversation to make sure they get compensated for what they do. Yeah. You've probably created a bigger problem in the sense that I'm all for NILs um, because right now as Olivia just laid out. It's the only way for these athletes to get compensated. And many of them are getting compensated very, very, very well. And we're about to enter and Casey, I think you can you 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 could probably speak to this better than I can. I think we're about to enter a different, like a new era of college sports, similar to what happened in college basketball, you know, a decade and some change ago, where the one and done thing became that's that's where we're at. Like you're going if you're an elite basketball player, you're going to college for a year because at the time David Stern made you do that. So you're going to school for a year. Uh, and then you're coming out, and that took that that it it, it took time for go, guys like Coach K to adjust. It took time for programs to adjust, and we saw a shift in college basketball that way. Uh, it's not as prevalent on the women's side because the, the 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 parameters within the league are a little bit different. Now recruiting's changing. You're either a school that offers NIL deals, or you're a school that doesn't offer NIL deals. Now you're a school that offers millions of dollars worth of NIL deals, or you're a program that offers hundreds of thousands of dollars of NIL deals. And it's shifting. I think it's going to change the way college sports work along with the transfer portal for the foreseeable future. Mm. And some would say that that's a problem. Some would say it's not, but you know, the crew, the crew at 1320 has this conversation all the time about expectations. Yeah. If we're if 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 we're not going against a level playing field, don't judge us as if we're on a level playing right. field. These are conversations coaches have to have. Right. 
if I can't offer NIL deals, don't expect me to get a player who just got $2 million Mm -hmm. from the school that she went to disguised as an NIL deal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it's, it's a, it's a huge problem uh, potentially with the NCAA. And, and what I always thought was the NCAA allowed this because they're really trying to hang on by the, the skin of their teeth. Cause, cause in, in all reality, what is stopping the SEC from teaming up with the Big Ten and just starting their own thing nothing. away from NCAA, like nothing. they're there, it's nothing. The and the crazy thing about it, I'd like to know what you guys because I don't think we've ever had this conversation. What is the answer? Because I I want all these guys to get paid, right? I get it, um, but I do understand, and this isn't a reason not to pay people in college, but I do understand, like, so the is the football team getting considerably more than the swim team is that how this works is that fair or like how how does how are these people supposed to get paid you know like for for instance at Alabama you know the basketball players gonna make the same amount of money as the football players when the football players are bringing in the money football is bringing in the money there but they're gonna get the same amount and then what about the women's team are they gonna get the same amount should they get the same amount because they don't bring in the same revenue? Like, how does that all, how would that all work for either one of you guys? Well, you can kind of look at the WNBA and the NBA as examples. The people, the women are playing in the WNBA aren't getting paid what the NBA players are doing because they're not generating the same amount of revenue. Now, there's a whole other issue with the WNBA and that they're not getting a bigger portion or an equal portion of the overall proceeds that are coming in for the WNBA like NBA players do. But having an issue with how it gets divided is a good problem to have. Like, I'd rather be having that discussion. Let's figure out how to make this work as opposed to thinking about it. Like, well, how do we do this? It's too hard. We'll just keep all the money. Mm. Now, if Alabama, in your example, this football, that football team is bringing in so much money that it's paying for everything else. The coaches are making $10 million. They've got a new building. They've got a new gym. They've got all of this stuff. So these players who are hoping to keep that money rolling in, they obviously need to get something. Now, the other players that are existing, they are they're, and the teams that exist on that campus, they're likely bringing in something. But they can get a portion of that revenue, whatever is equitable. How do we divide this up so it makes sense for who is bringing in the money into the school? Now, this is just my my idea of how it could be broken down. But NIL was really put out there. And I, I know there's some different people have different thoughts about Gavin Newsom as our governor. But when he signed that bill in 2019 to allow for NIL deals to happen in California, I interviewed him for NPR. And he talked about that happening because he wanted that to be used to push the NCAA into making this decision and figuring out how to get these athletes paid because you don't want to create systems where schools and states have different methodologies. They have different systems. And then one school be, is able to become dominant and be able to get to attract top players and other teams are left out. Other schools are left out. But I, I do feel like there's a way that we can figure this out, but you have to want to do it. And the NCAA right now is doing whatever they can to try to keep people Con, uh, focus on this idea that some of these players are making money. They've got huge Instagram followings or their TikTok following is huge. They can make money from band, brands that way. We don't have to focus on the fact that they're still not getting anything from us. There's probably, and it, and it could be too simplistic too, is to work on percentages of like how much the swim team, as Kenny says, or the or the gymnastics team, like what 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 amount of revenue do they bring in to the university? And then once all of that, okay, 
the football team gets 75% to split amongst that group. The NBA, the, the, the basketball team gets 10 and then you do 5%, 2%. I, I, there's something along those lines, but I don't know what the right answer is uh, to that question. And what my greater concern is, is Kenny and I were talking about a minute. The, the NCAA is useless. Literally everybody knows the NCAA is useless. And we know how the NCAA thinks. But what would the SEC teamed up with the Pac-12 and the ACC and, you know, all of these, the, the, these conferences essentially forming their own union without the NCAA? We don't know how they think. Mm. And that could that could switch gears a little bit. It could switch gears for the positive right. or the negative. Right, right. Um, right. But it's, it's and, impossible. And one last thing I want to leave everybody with that I don't know the answer to because I, I don't like the NCAA. But if Alabama football is, is generating money for, for the whole athletic department, mm-hmm. some of that is because you're in the NCAA. And they're saying you're part of this organization. So the money you get, you got to kick it down to the university and make sure, you know, the SEC swim team is good and all this other stuff. If they left, what's keeping Alabama from saying we're not giving anybody anything? And if swim team, you if you can't, if you within can't. Within the university? Yeah. If you can't well, be- survive, then so be it. Because isn't well, some of it that they survive because they're part of the NCAA and the SEC? Is that well, kind of how that works? No, I think it's more because of the SEC. I, I think if I and, and you could correct me if I'm wrong. I think if if we're talking about like leaving the NCAA, it's the conference. Mm. It's not Alabama mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or 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 the football programs. Like it's the entire conference, meaning all of Alabama sports, all of LSU sports, right, right, all of our right, like right, right. they're all leaving. Right. Um, right. But but. Still, your point still stands is these are all things that that would have to be worked out, whether they stay in the NCAA or or leave out of it. Um, there's about 40 other things uh, Olivia wanted to talk games. about, but they're probably <laughs> going to have to wait till next week. Uh, <laughs> make sure you're following Olivia across all of her social media platforms. Make sure you're watching uh, the game last night uh, for all this great content from a girl, Olivia. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.